Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. So great to see your amazing faces. If you are a guest with us, welcome, welcome. I am not the the usual one to hit the platform. That would be Pastor Tim Blevins, but I have the privilege to speak today and I'm so grateful. Um, We're gonna kick right in, if you don't mind. How about that baby dedication though? Isn't that beautiful when parents, when parents say amen to the promises of God? The yes is already there, right? He created little Fisher and what a beautiful offering. So today we're gonna read out of Ephesians 4. Verses one through three, read this. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Moving down to the latter verses in that chapter. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. We're gonna talk a lot about this scripture today. Here's something I would love to urge you with this morning. Listen to this message with you in mind. It's gonna be real easy for you to listen to some of the words that are coming out of my mouth that the Lord has laid on my heart to say and be like, whew, I am glad she made it here today because she could really use this one. You know we do it. Or man, I'm glad he's here because this is gonna change him. He's gonna be better. Here's what I wanna say to y'all. We serve a real awesome God. And if he can do it for you, he can do it for me. He will do it for you. And he will do it for me. This is one of the most practical messages that I could probably speak because you can actually walk out of here today and let it be so. You just have to make the choice. Choice is yours. It's always yours. We have that beautiful thing called free will. But you can do it. And I can do it. Matthew 12, 34. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not just about us closing our mouths when we need to. What's in here? So, take a deep breath this morning. Oh, I like that y'all actually did it. Thanks, that was awesome. That was so great. It might get a little rocky in some places. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, because I can tell you, the Lord has already dug out of my heart, continuing to dig out of my heart for the last few weeks, this message. Getting it all out. Purifying myself before him. So be clear that the fingers are also 
right back here to this heart, this human heart that can so often let me down, but God, but God. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and we say thank you. Thank you that you are good and faithful. We lay it down, everything that we came in here with, and we make a choice today to walk out different. We give it all to you. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So several years ago, my children are now almost 16 to 22. And so this was several years ago because I still had two in car seats. I was driving a little minivan and we were headed down from the Mayfair area down Oleander. I was going back home to Leland. We had had a great day in town. You know, we call it in town when you live in Leland. You're, you came, right? You came to town, you came to town. So anyway, so we were driving, we were driving back and this monster truck, I say monster trucks, I have no other way to describe it. I mean, his tires were like as, as big as I am. That's how big this thing was. He came up on the tail end of the van. And I was like, huh, okay. Well, you know, and when you drive a minivan, I I no longer drive one, but when you drive a minivan, it feels like the children are actually outside the car sometimes on that back row because there's no, there is just no room to go. I mean, they're like right there. So I became concerned. I was like, this doesn't feel safe. So I just put on my blinker, got over and let him go around me. Well, he did go around me, but then he proceeded to get in front of me slam on the brakes. So then I realized we're in a game. I was like, I didn't ask to play this one, but I realized we're in it. And so I then put on my blinker, go around. Okay, so this goes on for three times, all the way down Oleander, we're doing this little game, this dance, he and I. And I'm like, I'm not so far, not looking out my window like, Why? you know, like I'm not doing any of that yet, yet. <laughs> So I get down to where like the Hardee's and where Pier 1 used to be, Hobby Lobby, that little, right, that little shopping center. So I'm like, you know what, I'm, th- this feels unsafe now. We're just playing way too many games. So I'm going to just cruise on over into the shopping center. Surely he's got better things to do than to mess with me. He's going to go on about his day. Well, he didn't. He pulled in right behind me. Now, I don't know if somehow I might have been singing something silly to the children and I, I somehow had... He thought I was saying something. I don't know how this guy got, how I was on this guy's radar. I just don't know. But somehow I was targeted. So we pull in. I'm like, okay, he's still behind me. So then I'm like, next solution is to park. So then I park. Dude pulls in right behind me. I'm like, this feels very unsafe now. Like I am nervous. I don't even want to drive home because I don't want him to follow me. Like what is his, you know, obsession? So I'm like, okay, we're just gonna go, we're gonna go. So I get back out on the, I don't know what you call it when you're in a parking lot, the street, you know, whatever, we're going, we're going, we're going. Well, he pulls out right behind me and he is literally like an inch away from my bumper. So I'm done, I'm done. Mama has had enough. I put that thing in park. I sling open that door. I get out of the car. Like I'm gonna do something, right? But listen, this truck was so high, I'm having to look up to the guy with the sitting in the car. He won't even roll down his window. And I'm like, roll down your window. Actually get out of here and handle it like a man. Who do you think you are? I lost my mind on him. I don't even know what I said, y'all. I don't even know what I said. I lost my mind going after it. Oh, he doubled down. He didn't, know, he didn't do that window. He didn't roll it down. I know he was just in there like, look at this girl. Who does she think she is? 
I was like, listen, if you don't get off my bumper and stop playing games with me, I'm calling the cops. I'm getting your, I mean, I was doing all the threats. So finally I was like, you're gonna go around me. You hear me? You're going around me. I'm sitting still in the middle of this road and you're going around me. Well, he did. He went around me. He's like, I don't know, she might be crazy. <laughs> I picked with the wrong girl. <laughs> she might be a little bit sideways. But what I realized in that moment is being out of control in my circumstances led me to feeling out of control in my behavior. I couldn't control my circumstances, but my behavior could have been a little more becoming. See, I'm not responsible for how you respond. This guy wasn't responsible for my response. I was, only I was. We operate in one of two ways in all of life, out of love or fear. That's it, it's love or fear. Put it in one or two categories. I most certainly didn't operate out of love with the monster truck guy. Everything that I had taught my children was about love. We even had a little ditty that we would say every single morning. My mommy loves me, my daddy loves me, my brothers love me, God loves me, Jesus loves me, my family loves me, and because of that, I can do anything. Love, 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 love. And then fear. Nope. Some could call it righteous anger. It was not. There was no number six being quoted there. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. None of that was happening. I was mad. And I sinned in my anger. We're gonna hit on that in a minute. So what is our response? Love, or fear. We hold the power of life or death in our tongues. And that comes from a heart holding love or fear. So today you get to choose love or fear, life or death. This message is entitled, Be Love and Speak Life. Let's go back to Ephesians 4, 1 through three. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You have been called friends. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Bearing with one another in love, a place of unity of the spirit and that peace in him. What does the word say about love? It says a lot actually. First Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter. So of course I would pull that one. But we're gonna talk about verses one through three. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is quite important to the Lord. And quite frankly, it's the most powerful force in the universe. God so loved the world that he gave. 
God so loved the world that he gave. When are we not in awe of that statement alone? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, the whoever, it doesn't matter your sin. It doesn't matter if you got angry at a monster truck guy. The beauty is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life because our God is the God of redemption. How do I even know his love? First John 4, 8 says that God is love. So to know him is to know love. That's not a flippant statement. Listen, the, the world's view of love has gotten real squirrely. God's real clear. He's like, it is the being of who I am is love. That's agape love. That's the deepest of the deep. That is unconditional. That is, I don't need anything from you. I don't need anything, but I want your heart. I want your heart. And then the rest follows. For God's love that he gave. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The word... The words, um, do not be afraid or fear not, those are used more than 300 times in the Bible. So God wants us to hear a message there. The beautiful turning of the Lord though is that love is used well over 600 times. So he says, I, I want you to know, you don't have to be afraid. Don't fear. But let me tell you about love because it's the greater force. How are we gonna respond, fear or love? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Have you ever read a passage so many times and then it hit different? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It is the only time in the New Testament that phrase is used. The only time. And it's about unwholesome talk. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit is associated with God's people having an inappropriate response to his redemption. When we move in love, our words, our focus is on eternity. That's a game changer. It's a shifter of our perspective, of our lens. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Either way, life or death, whichever one you love, you either get stinky fruit or you get beautiful fruit, life or death. 
A friend told me about this thing that I think is kind of popular. I don't know, I maybe have already been, you know, things happen so fast. But I watched a lot of YouTube videos on it and it was quite fascinating to me, but I haven't done it myself. So I'm just gonna throw all those disclaimers out there. But the rice experiment, some of y'all have probably heard of it. It's quite fascinating. There's two cups of rice in this jar and two cups of rice in this jar, both cooked out of the same pot, cooked completely the same. This jar has love on it. This jar has hate on it. This jar is like, oh, you're so amazing. I love you. You're great. You're a real rock star. Way to go. And this jar has, I hate you. You're not smart. I don't know, uh, hateful words that I'm not gonna say. After a couple weeks, this jar looks basically untouched. It looks fine. Rice is still white, still, you know, doing its thing. Over here, in the hate jar, the rice is moldy, it's gross, and no one would even want to touch it. Now, I don't pretend to understand it, but what I will say is in the universe, love and hate's a real deal. And if the world, if the world can look at it through some example of some silly rice, then who cares? Because they're recognizing that the power of their words matter for the kingdom of God. You are God's children. We are to be carriers of love and to speak life. That is our calling card. Think about, think about God. He said, and let it be so. And it is good. And the world is here through the power of his words. Our voices matter, our words matter. The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life, John 6, 63. So it would seem appropriate to say that if the spirit gives life, my unwholesome talk grieves the Holy Spirit, then it's my portion to speak life. That would seem an appropriate assumption there at what God's word is saying. So unwholesome talk, well, that can mean so many things. Lies, cursing, gossip, complaining, criticism, on and on and on. The ones mentioned, bitterness, anger, slander. Let's look at bitterness. It's a place that keeps me from the presence of the Lord. It defiles me, but does nothing to the one who hurt me. It holds the same heart place as unforgiveness. It's like that old saying, I'm drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Not gonna happen. Let some things go. Let some things go that need to be let go. We live in a fallen world, as Pastor Harriet said, and we have broken things in our lives. Let's piece some of it back together by forgiveness today. Not holding on to bitterness. Brawling is another. Fighting, I think it's interesting that that one's used. But it is the exact opposite posture that he wants us to have at the beginning of this chapter. When he talks about keeping the unity of the spirit along with peace. So if I'm fighting you, 
I'm not so peaceful, am I? And I'm certainly not keeping unity. Anger and rage. Anger and rage, this, is a, this was an interesting one to dig out because in verse 31, the word anger is a violent anger. And that word in the Greek is thumos. In verse 26, when it says, when you get angry, do not sin. Because it doesn't say, if you get angry. It does in some translations, but either way, it's the same thing. Like when I get angry, if I get angry, because I'm going to get angry, right? That is, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but it's orhe. So sorry if I mispronounced that, but that's a different form of anger in the Greek. That's an intense emotion. So often we would even look at one step further, Matthew 21. And we would say, Jesus is flipping the tables in the temple. Now y'all, I'm just gonna stop here for a second. If I start flipping chairs in here right now, y'all would think she has lost her mind. Something has gone sideways. Somebody circle around and pray for her. Let's have some intervention because something's gone wrong. But you know what the, the word that is used about Jesus in that scripture is zeal. <laughs> That's a passion. We confuse our own language. Words mean different things. Jesus didn't sin. So whether you call that anger or zeal, it doesn't matter to me. It wasn't the anger that's being talked about here in verse 31. That's a violent anger that he is telling us to stay away from. So in verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Let's just use an example. So if there's somebody standing right here abusing a child, I'm gonna get angry. I hope, I hope we're all in that together. We're all gonna get angry, right? Because that, that's an injustice that is warranted for anger. Now I have two choices, love or fear. So I could go up and sucker punch the person abusing, or I could figure out a way to get that child to safety. Those are my choices, love and fear. That's the kind of anger verse 26 is talking about. So if you get angry, when you get angry, do not sin. That's my response, is my response out of love or fear. Shifting the focus of my target can keep me out of a host of issues. We are redemptive solutions. We have to recognize that we are redemptive solutions. We are the solutions that the world is gonna see for the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. Right? Slander, a false spoken statement that could be damaging to a person's reputation. Gossip, unconstrained conversation about other people. Proverbs 26, 20, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Seeds of a gossiper bear fruit of slander. And gossip will always give birth to slander. Slander and gossip run together. And you know what their offspring is? Death, loss, and destruction. It is the tactic of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy 
the Father's people. It gets us distracted. It gets us sideways on mess that's happening over here that is quite frankly, none of my business. Think about it like this. A court case always sounds good until you hear the second person. But with gossip, you only have one side. So whether in person, whether on social media, whether in an email or a text, let's make the choice to speak life because we carry a heart of love. I heard it said once that gossip and slander mirror the image of an inferior kingdom giving the enemy a foothold. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Proverbs 20, 19. Many talk to, to vent, but not redeem. And also, have you ever been around? I mean, I, have, I am sure. Have you ever been around somebody who uses a prayer request to gossip? Y'all, did you hear about Susie? <sighs> Susie's got a lot going on over there. I mean, her children have gone sideways. I don't even know what they're doing. And then her husband and then her sister's doing something. I mean, she has, let's just pray for Susie. Susie could use our prayers. And let's send a note of encouragement to Susie because she could probably use that too. How about that was the portion we carried? The telephone game. Y'all played that when you were kids, right? Okay, awesome. Because if not, I needed to explain what it is. That's why I needed some response. Okay, well, the telephone game starts as one story, but it can so often end up as some other something that has deeply swayed from the original story. So I tried it with three people in my family. I won't tell you which three, so it's fine. But I made up a far-fetched story. The reality is, is because gossip is far-fetched. It's just, it's usually a bunch of nonsense that is interpreted by the way we wanna interpret it. So I made up this story. Sally rode a pink horse from her house to a tea party. She had two petite sandwiches and a cup of lemon tea. She rode a purple cheetah to the nail salon. And after her nails were bedazzled, she drove away in her polka dotted convertible. I know, it's crazy. Four sentences they had to remember. That's all. Four. Got two stories. Because one of them said when they finished it, again, I won't tell you who. One of them was like, that cannot be right. Let me go first and hear the story and I'll get it right. Just gonna leave that there. Okay, so y'all heard the story, right? All kinds of weird stuff happening in that story. Here's what I got back on try one. And I only made it through three people. Sally had two seashells. Nope, no, she didn't. Didn't say nothing about seashells. And a lemonade stand. Nope, nope. She went to a tea party and had some lemon tea. She did not have a lemonade stand. And then went to the nail salon. Okay, so name right, nail salon, right, right? She did go to a nail salon. But she didn't have any shells and she does not have a lemonade stand. So all that's false. Second time around. Sally went to a party. She did. Got her nails bedazzled, sort of, and rode away in a pink convertible. Okay, so this one was more accurate, if we could say that. She didn't get her nails bedazzled at a party though. She got her nails bedazzled at a nail salon and she drove away in a polka dotted convertible, not a pink one, right? They missed all about the tea party and all the things. 
The information is usually my interpretation of what happened, depending on my slant or my viewpoint, not actually the truth. It creates misinformation interpreted by the values of the person sharing it. Gossip and slander devalues relationships, trust, connection, and it always wants to control the narrative. Words are that which host presence. So the question to ask is, whose presence am I hosting? No unwholesome talk. The target of my words should be for redemption. See the glass half empty, glass half full scenario, I feel is more about love and fear than positive versus negative. Cause really, if I'm sharing love, that's a positive experience for somebody. And if I'm sharing fear, then that's gonna be a negative experience for somebody. Fear will always attract that which legitimizes its existence. Anytime you believe a lie, you empower it. Let's touch on complaining and criticism for one moment. Complaining leads to unbelief. When you remove the promises and presence of God, anyone can be legalized in their complaining. If I take God out of it, but critics breed bitterness. They also breed pride. This thing sometimes that we do as humans and we're, we're like, hmm, God has told me the truth about this. I'm not mocking God, be clear. Because God is God and he can say anything to anyone at any time. But if I think I'm the only person that can bring it to you, that is where my criticism has crossed over into pride because that is not the truth. If God is big enough to tell me something about your life, oh, he is certainly big enough to tell you himself. Oftentimes we cross that over with prophecy and they are not the same thing. Prophecy is used to encourage, to comfort, and to strengthen. It is in no way intended to bring a negative truth. If the Lord lays something on your heart, pray for them. Pray for them. And then let him seal your lips with that. Everything is about God. It's an eternal perspective. Spiritual realities have to be measurable in the natural. First John 4, 21, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So if I say I love God, but hate my brother, I'm a liar. Because the word tells me I must. It's not an option. And say, well, if you feel like it, he said, you must. Don't protect what should be dead. When you start your day redemptively, you are ready to forgive when the situation arises. Start it with his redemption on your heart, on your mind. Start it with love, speaking life. Martin Luther King Jr. Whew, so many beautiful quotes. I can almost cry thinking about him. But these two quotes are two of my favorite. He has certainly left a legacy of love. Oh, if only that could be mine. 
He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. And then probably my most favorite, love is the greatest force in the universe. It is the heartbeat of the moral cosmos. He who loves is a participant in the being of God. He who loves is a participant in the being of God. So what's my response, love or fear? I can't make you bitter, that's your choice. I can't make you wanna talk bad about somebody, that's your choice. And I can't make you angry, that's your choice. God's heart for his kingdom is not about having us leave a memory. It's about leaving a legacy. What do we want our legacy to be? Is it marked by unwholesome talk or by redemption? Jesus is about redemption and I'm about Jesus. So I want that to be my portion. I want that to be our story. That's freedom. If I can wake up in the morning and say, God, I only wanna put on the clothes of love today. I only wanna wear your love and I only wanna speak your life. What if? Wait, y'all, we would come in here so happy to see each other. I'm not saying life still doesn't knock you down. I'm not saying that there aren't hard moments, there are. But to have that posture of at least knowing that a good God is so for you, that he wants love to radiate out of every place in your life. That the only thing that can be offered from your mouth is his heart. Because the spirit gives life. So today, let's lay down our bitterness and our complaining our gossip and our slander, our cursing, our anger, lies, whatever. Whatever unwholesome talk that has been tucked into your pocket for far too long. Today is your day to say goodbye, old friend. You are no longer mine to carry. I give you back to the enemy today I want to be love I want to speak life and I want to host his presence as the band comes up let's think about our response today our prayer team will be on the sides here in a moment they stand ready to partner with you to lay it down, to say, I'm done running. I'm done faking it till I make it. I'm done being angry at life, even at God. I'm done letting my mouth rule me. I'm taking back the driving seat and I'm gonna ride this thing out every way that God 
is steering. Let's be done today. Let's walk out different people than we walked in. If you will stand with me, we're gonna pray together. Our prayer team will be on the sides. We have communion in the back. You can come up here and worship if you want to. Listen, this is your space. This is your space and your time. If you wanna just worship with full surrender right where you are, then do that as well. But let's respond today to a good and faithful God who is calling us to the more. Thank you, Jesus. We give it all to you today. We lay open our hearts. We lay down fear and death and we grab hold of love and life. And we speak Jesus over everything in your name. Amen.